Again, happy 4th of July and any friends or family who are in town visiting us. Uh, definitely welcome to St. Mary's Catholic Center. It's good to have you all here on this special day for our country. So let's just dive into the gospel today. You know, we see Jesus is visiting his hometown and even preaching in the synagogue of his hometown. So he's with the people that knew him from even when he was a little boy in Nazareth. As you heard in the gospel, and I think Jesus is a little bit surprised by this, we see that the people are not very welcoming of him. They're questioning who he is. They're doubting about his miracles and his preaching. And how does he have this authority from his teaching? And remember when I was encountering this gospel, I kind of took a step back and maybe didn't blame the people a little bit for their doubt just because, you know, they saw Jesus as a little boy probably sitting in another pew in the synagogue or another chair. You know, that they saw him around, so they knew he was a local. They knew his parents, Mary and Joseph. They knew he became a carpenter. So they were a little bit surprised of, wow, where is he getting these miracles? Especially if he didn't, they didn't know him that well. You know, maybe they just saw him in the synagogue from a distance, or they saw him playing in the streets as a boy, or whatever it may be. So that's where a lot of this doubt is coming from, is they're not truly understanding who Jesus is as the Son of God. And as we know, and as Jesus is trying to communicate, that he is fully God and fully man. So Jesus is experiencing all things of humanity except sin. So we know that God sent his son, that God humbled himself. You could say he even became weak, he became poor, by coming into our finite capacity as a human being. The God of the universe becoming human in the incarnation. So this is what these people are struggling with, of recognizing both Jesus' humanity and his divinity. And I think if we look to even our own lives, maybe, or in our own world today, that even Jesus is debated. Is he just a prophet? You know, is this just a New Age movement Christianity that was established? You know, are there other gods out there? Something that we can continually look at as a people, especially on this Fourth of July weekend, where we give thanks to God for all of the liberties that we have, the freedoms that we have, the blessings and opportunities that we have in the United States, which is a great gift from the Lord. But I think if we look at our country, and I'm preaching to the choir here because you're all here on Mass on Sunday on 4th of July, but as a people that we've strayed from the Lord, we've forgotten who Jesus is, we've forgotten who God is. And we even see in our first reading today from the prophet Ezekiel, that's exactly why Jesus was sent into the world. Because we know that the people of Israel, God's chosen people, had strayed from God, had forgotten God. And so that's why the Son of Man comes into the world to be able to save us, to remind us that we have a God who loves us. That tangibly, in human form, that we're able to know of God's love, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father. And so... When we're looking at our country and in these great gifts and these great liberties that come from God himself, you know, sometimes we get in this mentality that, you know what, I have to be strong. I have to be number one. If I'm not number one, then I'm nothing. And yes, the Lord wants us to be prosperous. The Lord wants us to flourish. But at the same time, it's okay for us to be weak. The Lord calls us to perfection, calls us to excellence, but also... That's because of his strength inside of us. You know, that we be weak so that he may be strong. That our country may be able to allow God to make our country strong, to where we're able to be prosperous and flourishing, but also to be able to care for God's people, to be able to allow God to be the one that leads us into this prosperity, into this flourishing life. 
So when we're encountering our second reading from St. Paul, if you remember in this reading, St. Paul's talking about the thorn in his side, the thorn in his flesh. And he talks about weakness. He's talking to the Corinthians, a particular church, a particular people in Scripture. And so whenever Paul's talking about weakness, he's saying that it's okay to be weak so that God can be strong. It's okay for us to be weak so that God can be strong in our life, which is so countercultural today. For us to be able to accept in our mind and our heart, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to even be broken. It's okay to be small. Definitely a countercultural teaching for today. Now, whenever we hear about Paul's weakness, he's talking about the thorn in his side. But what is this thorn? You know, in the church, it doesn't say there's a definitive interpretation of the thorn. There are three major opinions from theologians, but the church hasn't chosen exactly one. And those three interpretations is the thorn in Paul's side that makes him weak could be the actual people that are there in Corinth. You know, his adversaries, his opponents, his possible enemies, the people in Corinth who gave Paul a really hard time. They didn't believe he was a true a disciple or apostle of Jesus Christ because of his past. They gossiped a lot about him, made fun of him. And so he didn't have a lot of um, love in Corinth from the Corinthians. And so maybe those people were the thorn in Paul's side. Another thought is that the thorn could have been an actual sin of Paul's, you know, maybe a sin of the flesh that he was trying to overcome in his life and wasn't ever able to. And so that also could have been the thorn. And then finally, the thorn, some say, is actual a physical deformity or some type of illness or um, some type of physical suffering that Paul endured. They even point to maybe his eyes giving him problems, which we know whenever Paul encountered Christ that he was blinded. So maybe even there's a result from that of problems with his eyes. But no matter what that thorn is in his side, it doesn't matter the fact that there is a thorn there. There is some type of weakness in Paul. And we can learn from that as well. We can unite ourselves with St. Paul in our own journey in life as we're journeying in this life towards the Lord. You know, what is the thorn in our side? Maybe it is a particular sin that we have. Maybe it's a wound from our past. Maybe it's a broken relationship in our family or maybe a sin of another person that we know of that just really gets to our hearts or our minds. Maybe it is a physical suffering that we have or a sickness or an illness. What is our own thorn that's in our own life that we can also unite with St. Paul in this instance? Now, what happens with this thorn with St. Paul? You know, he prays three times for it to be taken away from him. He goes to the Lord, cries from his prayer, from his heart for the Lord to remove this thorn from him. And so I know in a similar way for us, and in this is for you in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own conscience. I'm sure that whatever that thorn is in your life right now, that you've also brought it to the Lord. That possibly you bring it every single day to him, or you bring it to mass and you're on your knees, or maybe you shed great tears, or maybe you've had great anguish in your heart and your mind as well. Of whatever that thorn is, that cross, that possible burden in your life. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to bring it to him. But similar to St. Paul, maybe the Lord's answer when we bring it to him is he's not going to remove the thorn. He's not going to heal the thorn. Maybe not now. Maybe he will in the future. A prayer will be answered that you're praying now in 10, 20, 30 years. But maybe it won't be answered in a way that we desire it to be answered. Maybe the thorn will stay just like it did for St. Paul. And whenever St. Paul receives in his prayer, you know, we hear it's in quotations my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's one time Jesus is speaking, 
and we have a recorded quotation outside of the Gospels right here in Corinthians. So he's speaking to Paul in his prayer. And so he says, Paul, I'm not going to be removing this thorn from you. You have to handle it in this life, and I'm going to give you the grace to be able to handle it. Not to handle it, but allow my power to be strengthened in you. And so right after that, we hear that Paul says, I'm content then if the Lord is going to provide me the strength. That he almost rejoices that he has this thorn and this suffering because he knows that it's glorifying the Lord and the Lord's going to make good from it. As well as the Lord's going to provide the strength for Paul to be able to endure this thorn. And so my friends, in a similar way, the Lord doesn't take the thorn from our lives and he's asking us to carry it, whatever it may be. That we can trust, just like St. Paul, that God's going to provide the grace for us to be able to carry that thorn. To be able to live with that thorn. If we're open to that grace. That grace that we receive from our individual prayer time. The grace we receive through the sacraments. The grace that we receive from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we can even go next level. Not even just living with this thorn, but rejoicing that we have this thorn. Like St. Paul does. To be able to know that this thorn can give glory to God. Recognizing that it reminds us that we are weak. Reminds us that we need God. Reminds us that we have to be able to rely on Him in this life as we journey from this life into the next. You know, maybe this thorn in your life is the thing that's keeping you coming back here every Sunday. Maybe it's the thing that's getting you to the confessional. Maybe it's the thing that's keeping you on your knees and praying and having a relationship with the Lord. And maybe the thorn is keeping you from a greater sin. You know, maybe the sin of pride or a sin that would take you down a darker path. Maybe this thorn is reminding you that you need God, you need his mercy, you need to stay close to him. This thorn could be the catalyst for your salvation. This thorn, as you carry it throughout your life, can lead you into eternal life. Because my friends, thorns the Lord desires to transform to become roses. And it might be a slow process in this life, it's a process of sanctification. Where these obstacles and these sufferings the Lord can use to humble us, to keep us small, so that that he can be strong, so that we can glorify him. And he gives us hope, because we know with the cross and with the resurrection that the thorns are not the end. That the thorns will eventually turn into roses, whether it's in this life or into the next. So on this 4th of July weekend, let us pray, particularly for those thorns in our lives, that God's will may be done. That we may be able to be open if he desires not to remove them, to have that grace, to be able to allow him to be strong, to help us to carry them. But then also as a people, as a nation, that we can pray that we return to God with our whole heart, minds, and strength. My friends, in heaven there are no thorns. There are only roses. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.